Hi, this is Cam Smith, and this is the podcast of Triple R's Eat It, a weekly radio show about food and drink broadcast live on Triple R from Melbourne, Australia every Sunday. Hope you enjoy the podcast and feel free to get in touch with us via the Triple R website. I was at uh, South Melbourne Market earlier today, 100.0% of people wearing masks. 100.0. Which, as I was saying to you, makes it difficult when you're yelling at the butcher because you can't see your face. You want sweetbreads? (laughs) Sausages. Uh, Yes, it's... um... Bloody hell, it's been months, hasn't it, folks? It has. Hey, how are you going out there? It's uh, it's good to be in your living room. Yes. It's uh, probably less, probably uh, a reality that you're in your car driving somewhere. It's like you. Yeah, well, t- I, I'm surprised how, well, not surprised, but it's good how empty the roads are. So people are obviously heeding the stay at home message a couple of weeks in again, which is good. Yes, yes. Um, um, and incidentally, the road toll is one of the best we've had in many years, obviously, because there's no one on, on the road. So there is some very. Uh, I was about to say small benefit. It's a good benefit. Yes, on on the on the uptick, and the mm. other one is, uh, of course, uh, and you know this, don't you, folks? Lot less people getting flu. Yep. Mm-mm. Flu. What's that? <laughs> Finally, we just get rid of this corona thing. We'll be fine. With the beer. Oh, sorry. Bad, bad, <laughs> bad joke. Yeah, I know. Don't groan at me. We got a good show. All right, I'm going to redeem myself. I promise. <laughs> I do. I'm promising here. Um, we. Should we talk about the show? Yeah, I'm just about no, to, yeah. and I'm, I'm trying to frame it in the fact that, yes, it's one of those shows, folks, where we, we're going to go to the regions, um, not yes. the nether regions, but the uh, state regions, shall yes. we say, where um, I'm going to have a chat, we, sorry, Maddie, mm-hmm. you and I are going to have a chat to um, the doyen, the, uh, one of the great instigators of regionalism in this country. I, I have think to I say. know who, you to- who you're talking about. Yeah, and we've, AWT. And we've had her on the show many times before. Ella Wolf Tasker from Lake House in uh, Dalesford. Lake House, the woman that, um, that f- bought a property on a lake that was full of old refrigerators yes. and cars. And it, with her vision and incredible work ethic has just been relentlessly developing and developing and developing this property. Yes. And the regions around it. And has now is now one of the great restaurants of Australia and has been for oh a couple of decades now. Dare I say it, Lake House is one of the great places in the world to have breakfast. Oh, isn't it? It's, it's been, been a sunny many morning. years yes. since I've been able to do that. And I want to do that again. But if you're lucky enough to stay overnight at Lake House and just wander in for a leisurely breakfast. Yes. Oh, my God. I hear they were trying to relocate the geese from the from the lake, though. I don't know. Maybe we'd get a goose update. It happened. Oh, okay. it's, it, maybe we shouldn't. It might be a All bit right. of a raw nerve. Yeah, right. What about right. your geese? Ixnay on the east gate. Ixnay on the goose nay because okay. you might start weep neighing. If that's a word. So anyway, we're going to have a chat to Alla um, and find out about what's going on in uh, the region of Dalesford. Places Um, where you can still dine in a restaurant, obviously under heavy restrictions, but a lot of regional Victoria still open. Hello, regional Victoria. Hello, regional Victoria. And don't forget, yeah, Bray is... um, Dan was... um, You weren't here last week, but Dan rang and said, can you get people to come in from the regions? Because we're... (laughs) Not in a good place. It's a good – like, I know oh, – listen to me, salesperson. It's a good opportunity if you're a regional Victorian to actually get a reservation at Bray. Yeah. So, you know, yeah, just, it's, it's, it's usually yeah. very difficult to get, especially accommodation. So yeah. um, support your regional businesses. I know you don't need to be told that, but – Go on. I'm saying it anyway. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, and 
from one region to another. Yes. From Dalesford, central oh, Victoria. I see what you're doing. Yes, we really are. We're well out of the disease zone today, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, no, we're not, yeah. actually. Yeah. Uh, we're going to go to round uh, Orbis, Orbost. Yes. Uh, Cape Conran. Yes. Uh, we're talking about East Gippsland. Yes. You know, one of my favourite areas. And we're going to talk to one of my favourite beer brewers. The alchemist of taste and flavour <laughs> and doing weird things. Uh, and he's always in those awesome overalls. Chris Moore. From Sailor's Grave Brewing. Sailor's Grave Brewing. Um, and his wife, Gabby, should uh, mention that. Yes. Because they are integral. They are a great mm-hmm. team. So we're going to find out a little bit about what happened in Orbost. Mm. The Marlowe pub's been shut. Yeah, I know. You ever been to the Marlowe pub? I haven't. Oh, my God. I've only been to Orbost once. Oh, my God. The Marlowe pub. It's just one of the best little beer gardens. You look out over water, you get drunk, and it's good. Anyway, stop it. COVID is a reality that's been around us. It has imperiled the hospitality and restaurant industry, it has to be said. There have been people who have shown amazing grit, determination Mm -hmm. to keep open, to pivot. I'm sounding cliched now, and it's no, it's a matter of, that's a fact. This is what's Mm. been happening. One place that has decided to call it quits, I just thought yes. I would reflect on it and we should acknowledge the great um, – the great a debt of gratitude that mm. we have as um, people that have opened a place and has made this city a better place for food, drink and hospitality. And one of the pioneers of sort of the dining ship on Gertrude Street, I think you could say, which is now one of, you know, of course, one of Melbourne's great restaurant scenes, but – when these guys opened, they were sort of pioneers. It was they were they were the very very first, and of course we speak of Gertrude Street in Ateca. Thank you, mm. and um, and of course that was opened by uh, James Broadway. Yes, and Brigitte Hafner. Yes, and a third partner whose name escapes me, and that's terrible of me to do that. Who was part of the uh, the design? Yes, of the place, and it's um, and they've drawn the shutters which is really really sad but um they still have the place uh open on mornington but um mm-hmm. i just thought for the sake of the listeners they wrote uh something i think this was from the uh, food and wine festival i got this from but i'm just going to quickly read this mm-hmm. because i think it's kind of important and yes they wanted to say and we'd like to share this with you in regard to the Gertrude Street Eniteca closing, we thank every single person that ever worked with us on the team, supplied us with wine and food, or just embraced our offering as if it were their own home. We are saddened that anniversaries can no longer happen at the Eniteca, but we leave with the joy of knowing how many people began relationships in our beautiful space. And how much it has meant to the many regulars for whom it has been their third space. And this is where hmm. places really, really, really make their mark. We have, you know, that, that notion of the, the living room yes. for, for others, and Eniteca was that. The place they chose to live the best part of their day. We will miss the travellers, the solo diners, the artists, and the homeless who always felt they could find a welcome at our place. And that's from James Broadway and Brigitte Hafner. So, sad. It is sad. And I think, you know, it's, we don't know what the next six or 12 months is going to bring. But I think, you know, there will be more sad news from the industry because 
It's I been think it's hit a, like it's never been hit before. It's a harbinger of things to come, unfortunately. It is, unfortunately. And obviously we had this week uh, an extension to some of the government support programs, which is good news in general, but still not accessible to all the hospital workers as we've covered at length on this show. So and no doubt we will um, we will cover more of as, yes. as we can. And this is why um, I think the station performs a, a valuable community uh, community service, shall we say. Yeah. I have some good news. I uh, In the week, as you know, you know, Cam, but you may not, dear listener, I do spend occasionally some working time up at Mount Dandenong, um, the big towers up there. So I was up there on Friday and I got to discover Proserpina Bakehouse, which is um, Gary Cooper's place. And we spoke to him, I think, what, five, six weeks ago now. Um, and what an amazing little place up there in Sassafras. Um, and I think we spoke at the time, good food can be... A challenge to find in the Dandenong. It's a very touristy sort of area, um, and Proserpina has oodles of soul um, and and great product, excellent product, good good fresh bread that they bake on site, sourcing their own wheat, um, lots of pastries, pies, and then a really good little uh, pantry of anything you might want from pasta to pasta sauces. So yeah, it's just good in these and uh, pretty good coffee too. Bloody good coffee and bloody good coffee. And, yeah. and we were talking about it. it's a space that is uh, informed by. Uh, the form over the function. It certainly is. But it really, really works well, but it's also really beautifully curated. Yes. And uh, it's a really, really lovely space to inhabit. And dare I say it, we talk about the notion of the Inateca being, you know, the third room, the living yeah. room, um, even though we're not really allowed to have that anymore for <laughs> a while. But uh, it's a it's a, a, a fabulous little oasis on uh, if you're going to have an oasis on a mountain, which is yes. kind of a tortured sort <laughs> of thing. And also, I'm pleased that it was quite busy. So even though obviously it's just locals who would be there because you can't drive to Mount Dandenong just for fun anymore, so mm. uh, you'd have to live or work in the area. And it was good to see um, a bit of a beating heart uh, even at the top of a mountain, which is good. Beating heart. Very mm. nice. Very nice. Illusion there. I like that. Mm. Uh, two things I wanted to Go. just say. Um, there's... Uh, just if we want to have a slightly amusing side of the catastrophe that surrounds us in this world pandemic. Yes. Um, it has been reported on Channel 9. So, you know, this is one of those, one of those sort of reports. Is this the just stuff at the end of the news? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure. I got, I've found it online. But right. apparently there's been reports of uh, tales of young girls mm. dressing up as old women. Right. Like putting on the mask. Yeah. One came in, apparently they got their own walking frame, yeah. makeup, uh, with the specific intention of uh, buying underage alcohol. Now, we're not condoning this. No. Just so you say, just so you know, we don't, if you're underage. Stay off the vodka. And don't try and buy vodka. And don't drink chartreuse before you get to. Because <laughs> that'll, oh. that'll do some damage. Anyway, but these um, these girls, this was actually in America too, yes. so we should just say it. Um, but they were coming in and <laughs> pretending they're old One women. admires the effort. Can I have a bottle of vodka, please? <laughs> yes, please, thank you. Never uh, and apparently one of them worked it so hard that the uh. guy, apparently the guy who was saying said, I don't know if you'll be able to carry that out. Are you okay? <laughs> oh, no, I should be all right. Don't you worry about that. I'll be fine. <laughs> anyway, so uh, there you go. Uh, that's sort of uh, being like a US Marine, adapt, yes. overcome. <laughs> uh, the other thing is um, with a very, very quick, what's that in, in your mouth? mouth? There you go. Look at us go. Um I did a bit of baking this week. Oh. Banana bread. Oh. Making banana bread. Um, but 
I've done something which someone described as a complete and utter aberration. Really? Yeah, I know. I got, I got really upset. Really? She was tasting okay. Uh, banana bread with passion fruit icing. No, that's fine. Who's, who has an issue with this? Oh, I can't them. tell you. Name I can't them. tell you. Who? I th- uh, I, okay, the full Margaret Thatcher. Who? No, it might have been Fiona Brooke. Uh, <laughs> Was it you, Fiona? I don't know. Someone said, that sounds terrible. I Um, like it. No, they're wrong. You're right. I kind of liked it. And I was sort of describing it as sort of the Sauvignon Blanc of banana breads (laughs) or the Pacific Ale, (laughs) if you like, you know, with the galaxy hops. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was it was okay, and also, have you ever made a banana bread? I haven't. No, I'm not a massive fan of banana bread. I'm j- I mean, you know, I don't what about much. its sort of hippie cousin, the carrot cake? The ca- oh yeah, I could do carrot cake. Really? Yeah. You like carrot cake? You know, like banana bread? Yeah, it's just I find it a bit sweet and thick. But anyway, I haven't yeah. made it for that reason. But you did. I did. I thought it was good. I think it's valid, man. You know, I have to defend this thing. Yeah. Uh, but what the what I love about it, Matt? Mm. Serious serious pants on. Is the fact that if you're going to make a banana bread, mm-hmm. it's a very, very simple batter that you really are making. Mm. You're making a batter that's got either self-raising flour yes. or baking powder, and that's what gives it the, the oomph. Right. And that egg. Don't forget that egg's Ooh. in there. Um, but it is. You just mix everything together, and then you just pour it into um, a form, meaning, you know, the, yep. the thing. Like a tray, yep. The thing. Well, yep. actually a loaf tin, really, yes. otherwise it's going to be very flat bread. Yeah, well, yeah. It's not, we're not, I mean, flat bread, we're made like <laughs> loaf, you know. Uh, and um, it's it's really, really easy. So, you know, kids can do it. It's it's a good one to get the kids involved. And uh, passion fruit icing. Have you ever made icing? Uh, well, no, I don't make cakes, so I haven't really... I haven't made a lot of icing either. No, I'm no. with you. We, two, two, of us, two of us sugar together. And what, how do you do icing? Well, you've got to have butter. Sugar Apparently, butter. a little bit of butter, icing sugar, yes, and a little bit of milk. Well, in this case, I put passion fruit, but it was mm. all good. Lots and lots of restaurants still doing things like delivery and takeaway, and um, I just guess urge us all to, if you can, if you still have a job and an income... If you've got can, the bucks. If you've got the bucks, I think it's still good to um, to still continue to... Support your local restaurants uh, where possible because there's a lot of good stuff out there. I went to Providor, uh, that website yesterday, and um, yeah, there's a lot more stuff on there than, than even when they launched what two months ago. So um, yeah, check it out. And you can deliver with Providor. You can deliver anywhere in suburban Melbourne, which is great. And yeah, don't forget that um, yeah, this is the way that uh, we're stopping other places closing down. Yeah, if if you can support local businesses. Please do. And uh, one group that uh, has been, um, well, sheltering and corralling the wagons is uh, the region of Dalesford. And uh, one of the people who was the instigator, shall we say, of this region, the developer of regionalism in Victoria, is on the phone. And I'm delighted to bring back to the airwaves Alla Wolf Tasker. A very, very good afternoon. Hello, Cam. How you doing? <laughs> Here's a loaded question, huh? How we've are you? To, we've got to stop asking each other that. It's like the Australian salute. I mean, uh, you know, really wanted for me to tell you how I really am. Look, one day at a time, Cam. I think that's yeah, all, all we it do is. now. One yeah. We, we, we just have to keep getting out of bed and putting one foot in front of the other end. Uh, one of the things we've seen about this industry is uh, how tough it is and how resilient it is and how determined it is. And um, I can think of, um, I don't know if you've, have you ever run into Shannon Martinez? Uh, 
Martinez? Of course, on, yeah. on many, many panels and um, industry sessions and talk fests and all kinds of things. She's a force of nature. She is indeed. She's one of those great examples of someone who will not give up and keeps on going. And I, and I put you in that, that category. Um, I was sort of curious and sort of thinking as a, a visual image of, uh, of your place that has been relentlessly improved over years and years and years. You, and I sort of have this vision of maybe that sort of has, has stopped in this time, or has it? What, the evolution? Yeah, the, well, just the, the property, the way that the property has grown and evolved over the years from, you know, we were joking at the beginning of uh, the hour about how, you know, when you got there you had a lake full of uh, uh, burnt-out combis. Uh, yeah, and no hippie trails full of zombies, but uh, we, we you certainly had a few refrigerators, and it was just a dump. And you've turned this this yeah. this local dump into this Garden of Eden almost. Well, yeah, it's the you know the thirty six year overnight success story. Yeah, yeah, there's a bit of that, isn't there? Yeah, people drive in and think, my goodness, look at that, but it's they don't know the journey. But I mean. Uh, I still call it, you know, I still call it a work in project. So mm. this is a hiccup. You know, the um, the pandemic has to be a hiccup. It, it, it's essential for us that it's a hiccup um, because we're such a pivotal part of the region. I think, you know, what happens to us will be reflected in, um, in a lot of regional businesses and a lot of small towns too. So we've got to keep the band flying because it's, it's always a little tougher. Look, I can see Melbourne absolutely. So many of my friends and colleagues in Melbourne, you know, we have daily conversations and they're yeah. absolute. Well, not even at your wit's ends. There's a sort of a resignation. Certainly a lot of them are doing things that are, I won't say God, pivoting. Everyone's using pivoting, but I, but I mean. I like there is a, pirouette is kind of good because it's sort of, it's a little bit more artistic. Well, it suggests a tutu, so I'm trying to visualise all those chefs I know in tutus, and it's made me laugh. So there you I go, mean, it's working. I'm, uh, I'm wearing a green one at the moment. Excellent, excellent, mm. all right. So um, I think there's, a, there's an element, the resilience is there, but there's also an element of um, kind of a bit of resignation. Like, well, certainly for us in the regions, I, the model for us has changed so many times now, you know, yeah. uh, then reopening with 20, but with the promise of 50. So you book 50, then you've got to give all the deposits back because you're back to 20, and then you just start trading really well, you know, from what everyone has their pent-up demand, and a week and a half later you close down again, and then you're told, well, it's going to be six weeks, but now it looks like it's going to be a lot more than six weeks. So there's a kind of a, yeah. you know, what next? attitude and so there is a little bit of resignation but I mean in terms of whether we're evolving as a business well we are because every time we've had some new restriction you've had to <laughs> your modus operandi or otherwise you'd be dead already so um, and also enhancing too so when we have been able to have people back um, we've tried to do something a little bit different and a little bit new so you know there's five 
down by the lagoon and there's deer hides over the chairs and fluffy cushions so when they come back from their walk around the lake they can sit by the fire pit and have a mm. um, a hot a hot apple cider or something really so yeah. I want to be yeah. one of those people. <laughs> yes, okay. Well, you'll have to wait until Melbourne, yeah. until Melbourne is unlocked. But I have to tell you, I mean, it's to a dribble for us, even though the regions are technically open. I think people being... Look, it's a mixture. There's people who are really spooked by the numbers. Yep. Um, and, you know, we can only do so much assuring of people. I mean, it just just managing the protocols is really something like we always sanitised our handles, our door handles in winter because we were really worried about flu. And, <laughs> you know, yeah. flu we used to worry about. I've got to be honest. We didn't, we didn't really think too much about the guests because we thought the guests had probably had flu jabs and whatever. But the staff, you know, if you have a run of flu through your property, you know, you lose, you can lose a third of your winter. So we always used to sanitise all the handles at least once a day. Well, now we're doing them four times a day, every door handle in the property. So the sanitation and the stuff continues like crazy. You know, we, we protocol. So uh, let me tell you, that keeps a couple of jobs going at least. <laughs> so... But I think that the dribble in the regions is partly people, you know, responding to Dan Andrews' request to not do too much. Yes. Uh, but the ones that do, who are absolutely going ape because they really need to get out and get a breath of fresh air, we try and do something special to kind of reward them for coming out and supporting it. Yeah. So hence fire pits down by the lagoon and the hot cider and the... And the, and the um, animal skins on the chairs and the big fluffy cushions and that's quite nice but we've also got the little cafe and bakery going so that's a sort of hole in the wall thing so I guess that's an evolution too of our business it was a cafe mostly and then turned into a produce store and yeah. because we're baking sourdough on the farm and we really want to keep our bakers in food and we want the community to be able to have really good sourdough seven days a week so that's been an evolution that's happened um, since, you know, the virus, since we, really since March. Have you been able to hang on to uh, most of your stuff? Well, that was always, that was always the essential thing in my mind. Mm. And uh, when that first closure happened, I mean, that was like falling off a cliff. That's the, the closest thing I can say. It was like blind panic. I mean, first of all, you looked at your liquidity in the bank and you thought, my my God, we better do a spreadsheet to see how long we can survive with the cash we've got in the bank. I'm not sure most, most people realise when you have a business, the bills don't stop when you close. The only thing that stops is the cash coming in. Yeah. The coming in, but, you know, stamp duty and um, mortgage and, um, you know, council rates and water board and utilities and utilities keep going even though you're not using them, you know, just to have the thing connected. So your bills don't stop. So, you know, you look at your spreadsheet and think, Ollie, you know, we're only going to last, I hope this doesn't last too long because it's three months, four months and your cash gets wiped out. So, mm. so um, you know, there was that first initial thing, like how long can we keep, because we stood 
lockdown, we had over 100 staff, but we wanted to keep them on the books. And that seemed essential to me for a whole lot of reasons. Firstly, 100 plus jobs in a small village is meaningful. Tell you, <laughs> meaningful. Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> because there's just that many people that just stop going to the local grocery and milk bar and, you know, everything else. I mean, they're just not spending in economy. They're not buying their petrol and there's no visitors coming from out of town. So, you know, the plunge for the local regional economy would be massive with 100 people immediately out of work. So there was that. And the other thing, we kept thinking, look, it's going to reopen. This can't last forever and we need to be ready to reopen. And this was before JobKeeper. So we, we oh, kept yeah. everyone yeah. from the 1st of March and stood them down so they were still leave. And then, of course, a month later, JobKeeper was announced and we were allowed to use those hours, even though we were closed, we were allowed to use those hours for doing projects in the, in the business and helping out on, in the farm. Because at that stage, we were still harvesting. It was autumn, so we were harvesting this enormous amount of fruit and vegetables that would have gone to the restaurant. So instead, we kind of siphoned them off to um, the cafe and produce boxes for staff and also um, selling things to the local community. But that whole thing was really an attempt to keep the team together, mm -hmm. which was critical for us. And so we didn't lose a single job. Since then, I think there's only three people that have gone for various reasons, like um, they were already travelling quite a distance and their family was elsewhere and they didn't want to do the travel anymore and it was, and, you know, there wasn't going to be enough work, et cetera, et cetera. So we've only really lost, I think, three people. Otherwise, the team's still there, touch wood. Wow. Um, and now we're, uh, after the bill of leave for that first closure we worked out that we can't keep doing that forever so now we're also asking people to take a little bit of their annual leave accruals during this time which um, makes it hard because there's nowhere much for them to go but at least in Victoria they can still travel you know they can go down you know to see someone on the Great Ocean Road or up at Echuca Moama or Shepparton or wherever or just go for a drive to kind of just look at nature <laughs> yeah hey um so, Alan, yeah uh, i'm i'm just wondering we've got about a, a, a minute left and I, I was just wondering if maybe you might like to just um describe what is dalesford like at the moment because uh, in previous times it is so 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 busy and i'm i'm just imagining that it's it's looking fairly quiet these days it is and that's the cautioning thing that i've yes. been saying to just be careful that we don't end up with the regions the way they were. Also, like when we started in the 80s, you know, there was just nothing in country towns at all. Um, and I think that, you know, we, we really have got this gem in Victoria of small villages that are vibrant and vibrant communities. Yes. What I'm seeing now is a closure of a lot of businesses midweek because there's just nothing. It's down to a trickle. Um, and we have to hope that all those small businesses are going to reopen. Every little hole in the wall, cafe or bakery or deli shop or whatever they are, we need them to reopen for the regions to stay buoyant, not just for visitors, but for the local community. It's what makes living in those towns such a pleasure. You can commute with nature, but you can still go and 
glass of wine or a cup of coffee or buy a fantastic loaf of bread. If we lose that, we're going to be in trouble and it'll take years for it to come back. Amenity, 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 shall we totally. say. Ella, totally. we're going to have to leave you. I'm sorry we don't have more time. Uh, would thank love to check up on you uh, in the not-too-distant future and I thank you for the time you've given us today. Pleasure. Lovely to talk to you as always. And bloody hell, a big hug to you too. And, and oh, Alan. God. I'm, yeah. I'm a huge hug. <laughs> yeah, right back at you, Ella. Um, okay. Thank you so much for your time. We'll speak to you soon. How are you, Chris? I can. Hi, Matt. Are you, I'm are you in the, good. Where are you? Are you at home or are you in the, in the brewery? I'm actually in the deserted brewery. The deserted brewery. What is the... Des- pick, paint us a picture where where is this brewery you speak of? <laughs> it's in Orbost, yeah. um, our little um, hub out in the far east Gippsland. We don't like to think of it as far east, really. It's kind of in the middle, really, the centre of everything between Melbourne and Sydney. Yes, but yes, it's very very quiet here. It's just the bubbling of tanks. So um, this is just for for those that haven't seen it. It was. Uh what was it originally? Because it's an old building. It's uh, with with many yeah, sort of layers. Yes, many layers. That's right. Many the old butter factory. So the butter factory. Bits of it have been around for more than a hundred years, but um, the shed we're in is probably a nineteen fifties um, shed. But yeah, it, it's had lots of incarnations, lots of little businesses mm. occupying corners and nooks throughout it since all the dairy industry was. I guess consolidated in the late seventies. It's great, and um, yeah. So here's the juxtaposition. So we have old walls, old floors, and a surfeit of modern stainless steel tanks everywhere. Yes, shining, bubbling tanks. Shining, bubbling <laughs> makes me happy. <laughs> and uh, and and this awesome control panel. So anyway, Sailors Grave beer. How many years have you been doing this for now? Uh, it's actually coming up to four years, believe it four or not. Years. It feels both longer and shorter, as these things do. Yeah, well, we're living in dog years now, it seems. It's, it's <laughs> sort of... It's, right. there's, a, there's a weird expansion of time. I'm sure if Einstein was around, he could sort of explain it to us. Um, yes. But yes. the... Uh, so you've been making great beers. We've spoken to you over those four years because, the well, the first time I tried your beers, I just went, yeah, you're, you're part of the crew already. You're an LMI. <laughs> like-minded individual so um yeah but uh the area has been hit by well places had to close because there's some selfish people that have come through when they shouldn't have ah yes that's true it's a little bit frustrating yes it's um no point being angry though there is a lot of I guess, anger around town. You know, this is a yeah. area that was already kind of hit hard by the bushfires. Yeah, and hello. The wave of the virus. But our, you know, the, the local businesses, because we're not in Melbourne, were kind of picking up and there was a lot of local trade, a bit of mm. local tourism. Everyone was doing the right thing. But, uh, yeah, unfortunately, I feel, especially for places like the Marlow Pub, um, you the know, they, were, they really were doing the right thing, but um, they've had to shut down. Of course, because of this. So it's a bit of a ghost town around Marlow and Orbost. Yeah, well, I, I have. Um, that was one thing that kind of hit me hard because uh, I have been lucky enough to experience the Marlow pub with you. Um, yes. Who was it? Shane Buckley from Wap and Go Oysters, the very, very lovely yep. Rene Trudeau. 
Um, and, well, yeah, we were we were doing the All Boss show, and you said we're going to the Marlow Pub, and I went, well, yeah. okay. well, we're going to the Marlow Pub, and this place is just oh my god, it was so much fun. Great deck, yeah, overlooking beautiful. water. Um, it's it's an old place. You can stay there, and I imagine the publican is pretty dirty at the moment. He's pretty pragmatic. Um, you know, he's he's a tough character, Batesy. So um, what's his name? I'm sure underneath he's a little angry, but he's just getting on with it, like um, people around here do. What's his name, Chris? Um, Russell Bates, Batesy. Batesy, <laughs> Batesy. <laughs> Russell Bates. Yes, he's a great guy. Really good publican. Great pub. So, yeah, and yeah. so you know, that's I'm I'm just being uh, defining the market within my own terms, which I probably shouldn't. It's uh, something my dad told me never to do. But well, we um, can do sometimes. Well, we do. We we can't we can't help it. But uh, what are the other businesses that have been impacted by this closure, and and how long will it have to be closed for? Look, that's just a funny thing about small towns. You know, even though it's probably the Marlow or Bost region is, you know, 20 or more kilometres across. Yeah. Everybody's very interconnected. So yeah. as soon as something like this happens, everybody gets a bit scared. Lots and lots of businesses just close their shop. There's been a lot of testing. So we, I guess we just have to get through a couple of rounds of testing to see where we're at. And until then, I don't know. Yeah. It's, so, yeah. so the easy answer is we just don't know, Cam. We just don't know. It's, oh, it's just like life at the moment. There's a lot of unknowns. But, yeah. you know, every, it's where we are. Everybody does just get on with things. So, And we're keeping on making beer, of course. Well, there you go. <laughs> and uh, and uh, I'm just sort of wondering, this is, uh, uh, folks out there, this is, uh, Chris is the sort of guy that, that dreams of hop and barley and wheat combination. It's like you, you, might, uh, you might count sheep to get yourself to bed. <laughs> Uh, this man counts beer barrels. I'm, I'm, yes. I'm, I'm only joking with that. But uh, <laughs> you're always thinking about flavour combinations and tastes, and I'm just wondering about, let's face it, buddy, you do some pretty weird shit over there. Um, mm, yep. Tell us about some of the, the flavour combinations and things you've been thinking of well, in this period. The great thing is we've still been able to collaborate, and, you know, collaboration is really, for me, what it's all about. Um, a, a lot of these weird combinations come about just because of a relationship with a producer or an event um, or a local grower. Um, or and maybe a late-night conversation, shall we say? Yep, or a late-night conversation, and that kind of drives... There's a euphemism those, if those ever I heard one. So, <laughs> yes, late-night conversations, but, yeah, so the, these inspirations happen. Yeah, so we've still we've actually got three collaborative beers just out at the moment. We did a fantastic snake bite, really, I guess you'd call it, with um, Gurney Cider out of Fish Creek in South Gippsland. They're a um, really good um, a cidery doing wild fermentations, lots of heirloom apples and wild foraged apples, and we used uh, half a tank of their juice with um, a whole lot of apples, mustoos, pippin fermented, I mean, uh, foraged wild apples, Gippsland-grown grain, and uh, the only fermentation yeast was whatever was on the apples. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. And the other half was fermented with that in the tank was beer, of course. Um, yes. And that's great. It's really kind of gently funky, wild um, snake bite called the Original Sin, which is just coming out. And, of course, we've done our oyster stout again, as we do every year with the legend that is Shane Buckley, who you just mentioned. Oh, lovely um, Shane. But he's not able to get down there now because of lockdown, no, because the border's no, closed. And we he's in Marimbula, uh, by the way, folks, in case you're 
You're one. Yeah. No, is it Marimbula? No. Um, he's not Marimbula. Uh, near Bermagui. Near yeah. Bermagui. Sorry, yes. Um, yes. Um, but, so we were able to get, before the border shut, a second lot of 80 dozen of his oysters to put in our, our beer, which yes. is also brewed with uh, smoked malt and sunrise limes, native lime, organic limes, and it's got a real... It's, we do this every year. It's one of our most popular beers. It's an unlikely-sounding beer. But it rocks. Uh, dark and smoking and oceany and, and citrusy at the same time, but it's, yeah, I think it's delicious. That was the mm. one I remember at Orbost show when we were together in another world. Um, that was the first one to sell out, wasn't it? Yes, it was. Was I right yep. on that? Yeah, it was. It was the first one to go because everyone was going, yep. yeah, give us another one of those. And they, and this is the one of the great things is that you've managed to uh, evolve the area somewhat. There's still lots of holdouts. Um, but um, <laughs> that, that people get are really, really starting to understand these new flavours and new tastes and have really, really embraced it. Yeah, they have. And, you know, I think I have to look at my own personality and say that I've been guilty. You know, my wife, Gabby, who's the partner in the business. Hi, Gabby. Um, <laughs> yep, grew up in this area. But, you know, yep. I grew up in the city and we lived in Melbourne for a while and Sydney for a while. And I think I was guilty as anyone of underestimating regional areas and the diversity that's here. And, mm. you know, of course, there's plenty of people who, who will go, what the hell is this craft beer yeah. crap, you know? Um, but there's a lot of people who are just you know, open for anything, really, and open for anything interesting happening in their region. So, yeah, and, it and is, there is this a level is, of embrace. And this is one of the reasons I love this region so much because it is really, really growing and developing just magnificently. Yeah. Yep, there's lots going on. Um, I had uh, just a, we've got a couple minutes left, literally a couple minutes left, mate. Um, yep. And I'm just wondering if, uh, what's your favourite hop? As a cashmere. Quest- oh, cashmere. Damn. It's all about cashmere at the moment. It's this intensely bright, uh, lemony, um, citrusy character. We, we use it in lots of beers. We're about to do our um, Saki Kasu beer with the fermentary out of um, Dalesford, actually. What's Kasu? So we've done when you say, uh, we got Saki. What's the Kasu? Kasu is the leaves um, that comes off uh, like wine leaves. That's yes. suppressing. So we ferment everything, no yeast, just use the kasu to ferment a beer, which is sour and brewed with persimmons, and just the oh. cashmere just lifts it, lifts this kind of zing, the, the sour zing into a really bright zone. Really love it. Oh, I'm, I'm making happy face. I really am. So uh, the cashmere has sort of taken over from the, uh, the the big hop around town for quite a while was the Galaxy. That... Yep, we still we still use Galaxy. Can't, can't not use Galaxy. It's a really great success story for Australia. That's the, um, the Passiona stuff it's yeah. sort of passion, <laughs> passion fruity use it with restraint yeah I that's reckon. it i was saying my banana bread was the uh was sort of that mate we're gonna have to let you go um people can order your beer online it will get to people how do they, they do will. that and we're just about to start a subscription service um check out our instagram for gab's amazing lino cuts which will be going onto a set of Ooh. playing cards that oh, special great. people who Great. Join up we'll get. Oh, my God. Okay, that sounds really, really exciting. Uh, big hug to you both down there. Uh, would you love too, to Ken. visit sometime, but um, we'll see when that happens. I feel like a beer now. Oh, God. I, I could go an oyster stout right I want now. oyster stout Something like cold weather and stout just works. Yeah, sure yeah. is. Hi, 
This is Cam Smith, and you've been listening to the podcast of Triple R's Eat It, a weekly radio show about food and drink, broadcast live on Triple R from Melbourne, Australia, every Sunday. Hope you enjoyed the podcast, and feel free to get in touch with us via the Triple R website. 